This is A-State Connections on KASU. I'm Jonathan Reeves. This is a weekly segment called A-State Connections and Create at State, Making Connections That Count. In this episode, I talked to Assistant Professor of Basic Sciences at NYIT's College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Jennifer Shee, and Krishna Sharma, a Ph.D. student of Molecular Sciences at Arkansas State. In this interview, Dr. Shee tells how she's been working on new chronic pain management treatments to reduce the use of opioids. What got you interested in going into the medical field? No, you know, this is, has been really close to my heart in terms of uh, bringing new medicine to the uh, uh, market. Chronic pain is really an important uh, problem. You know, the most common reason for the patients to come to see doctors in the clinic is chronic pain or other type of pain. So just different type of pain is the problem. And, you know, we had a pretty good analgesics like uh, opioids, but it does have a big baggage of a lot of side effects, uh, especially for the abuse uh, potential, you know, the addictive uh, propensity for the patients. So we want something more, um, you know, like alternative strategies that is equally or even better in terms of uh, crunching pain but reduce their addictive or abusive capability. So that's really the goal and really draw me to this field. Uh, even 20 years ago, you know, it's related to neuroscience, related to the pharmacology that uh, we study new drugs. Uh, since my major in China was uh, in pharmacy, so, you know, I've been really in the pharmacology and pharmaceutical field for a long time. And, you know, with this chronic pain that's such a big issue that we still don't have anything better than opioid uh, really drive me, you know, and then keep me, you know, staying in this field for this many years. Because I know that osteopathic medicine tries to deal with other ways to be able to, to try to provide relief. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about that, about, about how osteopathic medicine kind of differs in that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the uh, something really resonant in my heart in terms of uh, how you can deal with pain without using drugs, you know, uh, something like non-pharmacological way. Uh, a lot of times actually is even more effective than, you know, the medicine. So for the uh, DO or OMM, uh, we call it the osteopathic manipulative treatment. For those strat strategies, they were able to use our hands, you know, the doctors that trained to use their hands to diagnose the problems. Uh, you know, a lot of times come from the structure, you know, something abnormal that under their hand, they could feel it. And after the diagnosis, they could also use their hand to treat the patients to correct those uh, abnormality with their um, manipulations. Those uh, manual manipulation is really a fabulous tool uh, to help reduce the uh, pain and especially to help correct the you know, ideology. Like whatever the pathology, the symptoms is pain, but you have those underlying problems that happens you know, before the pain actually starts. So really our um, osteopathic manipulation, those manual techniques can help uh, reduce that uh, abnormality, correct that and restore the normal structure 
and that's, that's restore the function. So basically utilizing our own body's uh, capability of self-healing, uh, once you correct those structure, um, you know, abnormal state, then you'll be able to reduce those pain sensation and be able to correct those uh, problems. The body itself can heal. And so that is a different approach than, you know, we take a pill, we just crunch the pain, and we're not really dealing with the underlying problem. So the osteopathic manipulation really is trying to um, tackle the, the underlying problem from the root, you know, from the beginning, and be able to get rid of that problem permanently. So that is a very unique skill that, uh, you know, after I came here, kind of uh, being engaged and really like to see what exactly the manipulation does to the body and what's the mechanism that helps reduce the pain and correct all the uh, abnormalities for patients. Dr. Shi, tell us a little bit about the research that, uh, that, that you've both been working together on. Yeah, so um, very happy to have uh, Krishna join my lab in the year 2018. Uh, basically, he was uh, working with Dr. Shirwasan at uh, you know, A-State before for this uh, stem cell differentiation project. And so after he joined my lab, I'm like, why don't we continue with this project uh, and then use this, uh, you know, differentiated stem cells for something that's good for, you know, chronic pain for restore functions. So immediately I thought about spinal cord injury that, uh, you know, we all know this uh, famous patient, uh, Christopher Reeves, uh, he's a Superman and was uh, injured uh, neck down, um, you know, quite a, uh, decades ago that uh, really suffering from spinal cord injury. So um, he has been really big advocate for getting more funding for this, but it's a very devastating disease. Um, patients usually paralyzed and uh, wheelchair bound. Uh, not only they couldn't move uh, very effectively, but also they suffer from cardiovascular problems um, and also bladder issues just a very poor quality of life uh, when they do survive those uh, accidents. So um, the neurons in the central nervous system doesn't really regenerate. So once you injured those uh, spinal cord, you can't really get those neurons back. So the only way to really correct it from the get-go is to really replenish the new cells, new neurons or supporting cells like astrocytes, um, you know, other type of glial cells to really help restore the function and reduce those uh, chronic pain that's being uh, you know, experienced by the patients. So um, Krishna kind of have this uh, perfect uh, uh, foundation that we are able to differentiate the cells, uh, those stem cells, uh, either into neurons or any type of glial cells as we wish. So we could manipulate those stem cells uh, whatever way we want and then implement that into the animals uh, you know, after the spinal cord injury to see what kind of combination of the cells and at what stage of the cells would be able to help those animals uh, recover and, and restore the function the best. So you know, those kind of uh, results from the animals hopefully would be able to utilize, uh, you know, translate it into the humans. And then we could you know, bring new ideas to the field to help really treat this uh, devastating disease. 
Christian, I know that you've been working on this, I believe, since 2018. Uh, is that correct? Yes. So tell us about how you got involved and how you started working with uh, Dr. Shi uh, you know, w- w- on this. Uh, well, so after I graduated in 2018, uh, I was looking for a PhD position, and she was also, Dr. She was looking for a, a candidate for her lab. So, and then Dr. Reese uh, told me, like, uh, he kind of uh, told me to contact Dr. C and uh, uh, discuss about the possible uh, position in her lab. So then I talked with her, and then finally I get uh, I was uh, I get into her lab to continue my PhD. So uh, on this, Krishna, why did you want to do this study? Uh, first thing is it's it's uh, severity. Uh, it's it's so complex, and that any neural uh, uh, damages uh, they are almost permanent. The loss, functional loss, or the structural loss, they are permanent, and the patients and there there is no cure for these diseases so far. So. But recently, um, researchers have been uh, have been working on transplanting stem cell along with the support, uh, extracellular support that may uh, uh, help promote uh, functional recovery as well as structural recovery. So we have been working on this extracellular matrix as well as uh, the stem cell, and that's why we wanted to see in vivo uh, implanting these two extracellular matrix as well as a stem cell in the animal to see if they work better in improving or improving nerve regeneration in case of damages in the nervous system. You know, Dr. Shi, it's amazing. Uh, by the way, we're talking to Dr. Jennifer Shi and also to Krishna Sharma here on the Credit State podcast. Dr. Shi, it, it seems to me it's really interesting how when you've heard the, the term stem cells, you think about it maybe in cancer and you think about it in, in, in other ways. But, uh, you know, I guess stem cells can be used in so many different ways. What is it about stem cells that make them so valuable? Yeah, that's a very good question, Jonathan. Uh, so stem cells do have a capacity to become cancer, uh, you know, because they have a, the capability of a dividing um, indefinitely. So we do need to have a good control over the stem cells and um, be able to utilize the good part of it and then try to prevent the bad part of it. So uh, the cancerous property definitely can be uh, the downside of uh, using stem cells. Uh, that's why we are trying to study uh, along the way, you know, how do we differentiate some of those uh, stem cells and reduce that uh, um, capability of immortal life for these stem cells and utilize its like uh, halfway mature or fully mature cells and, and then implant those cells into the body so we don't have to get the cells into the cancer, but still utilize the um, the growing part of it um, for the growth factors, for the exosome that the stem cells secreted outside those cells to nourish the environment in vivo after the uh, spinal 
spinal cord injury in the animals. So basically we're trying to utilize the good part of the stem cells, that the, the molecules that is secreted outside the, the cells to help support whatever the residual cells that uh, uh, still survive and be able to function and hopefully be able to uh, break that barrier of not able to uh, recover and restore. Now we stimulate some of those cells to be able to um, you know, restore the normal function, get their axons uh, regrow. So that's really the, the key that we're trying to use the stem cells uniqueness, you know, secreting all those uh, uh, special growth factors or exosomes. Those are the signaling pathways that can be initiated in those um, residual cells that uh, uh, we have, you know, generated the injury in. So what's been everybody's role in the research you all have been doing? So, uh, like any research, uh, I conduct the research and then uh, perform all the experiments and then collect, uh, collect data, analyze data and present in the lab and then write manuscript and Dr. C reviews it and then we publish. And recently we were successful in publishing two papers and we have submitted uh, another paper that's under review. Yeah, so definitely Krishna is the one that uh, does it all. So he's uh, very instrumental to the lab and, you know, very independent too, because uh, he's, uh, you know, gained a lot of knowledge about the field and uh, pretty much can autopiloting. Uh, so he could just uh, help himself with the design, troubleshoot, and uh, be able to get the results. And then if the results doesn't come out as we hypothesized, you know, he would dig out the literature and then try to figure out what might be the alternatives, what might be improved uh, with the procedures and stuff. Uh, my, my role is mainly to, you know, get the collaborators uh, going, you know, uh, get the collaborations with the uh, University of Arkansas Fitview University of Arkansas um, Medical Sciences, uh, several different uh, scientists, inc including engineers, to help us with building these uh, extracellular matrix that would help support the stem cells to survive in vivo. So building those relationships actually, um, you know, was it wasn't uh, uh, the easiest thing, especially after I just moved here, didn't know a single soul. Uh, but fortunately, uh, because of the, uh, the grant that Dr. Shrivasan has uh, struck with the, uh, um, our National Science Foundation with the state EPSCOR program, uh, I was able to go to the meeting and um, you know, get to know the scientists that involved with this project. Uh, that uh, grant is called CASE, uh, so Center for Artificial um, Surface Engineering. So that's CASE uh, grant really helped me get jump started with this project and then get to know all the scientists that uh, involved with the extracellular matrix preparation uh, modification, as well as uh, you know our own uh, expertise from Krishna and. Um, uh, and several other scientists that doing the stem cell differentiation part. So both the biology part and the engineer part comes together under this grant and really give me this opportunity to get to know everybody and be able to get all the expertise together to work on this project. 
So, Dr. Shi, how's it been working with Krishna on this particular project? Yeah, I'd say it's absolutely delightful. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't uh, really worried too much about, oh, is he here uh, today? Do I need to worry about, uh, you know, something not getting done? So usually I would just let him uh, decide about the schedule and I don't usually have to micro, like a micromanaging about this, uh, you know, running the lab. And he's also taking care of the general lab business, uh, something like liquid nitrogen tank needs to be refilled. The uh, culture um, like incubator needs to be cleaned. You know, the maintaining of the lab uh, is really just by default is Krishna's job. And so I don't have to worry about those things. And when I need something to be ordered, I'm like, you know, Krishna, can you please order this? and then he'll take care of those. So it's always a, a really, really a great pleasure to work with Krishna and not to worry about these small things. And also because I have a, a quite a few medical students and also undergrads uh, wanted to work in my lab. So once we have the new students, uh, usually it takes training and usually they don't know things around. Uh, Krishna would be that one person, you know, I'm like, ask Krishna, because sometimes I don't even know where my stuff is <laughs> in the lab, because I'm not there every day. So uh, Krishna has been really, uh, really a joy to work with, um, especially very dependable and responsible. So I really appreciate working with Krishna. The Krishna, I know you just kind of take people under your wing, I guess, that <laughs> they don't know where to go, you got to help them out a little bit, don't you? I enjoy this. How much time do you spend in the lab, my friend? Uh, as much as uh, my work requires, uh, I don't consider uh, even weekends as uh, it's uh, as non-working day. So, yeah, how much? It depends how much time my work and any other uh, responsibility in the lab requires. I'm able to give that much time. Krishna, how's it been working with Dr. Shi on this project? It's wonderful, and I'm lucky to have a mentor like her because she has allowed me to grow as an independent researcher. So that's, and I feel I'm flourishing like an independent researcher because of her, uh, the way she guides me. And that's the reason why uh, it has been reflected in several things, like in my writing skills. Uh, as I already mentioned, we published uh, already two papers in this COVID period, and the third paper is under review. So because of our guidance, I was able to develop that kind of capability to write the papers and start thinking critically for all, uh, for every, uh, all the works that I do and all this, all kinds of studies that I do. So it's been, uh, a very, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I feel lucky to have her uh, as, a, as a mentor. And, uh, yeah. And, and obviously, this has been a huge help in your studies, in, in what would be your professional career, and those mm -hmm. things. Definitely. So we're talking to Krishna Sharma and also Dr. Jennifer Shee here on the Created State podcast on KASU. So what, what did you learn from the study? I know the study's probably still ongoing. Uh, what have you uh, learned? Uh, and 
Maybe uh, what, uh, any surprises in the study? Uh, I basically, I, say, I can say two things I learned from this study. Although it's, it's an uh, ongoing study, uh, we have not uh, reached to a conclusion so far. But uh, what I've been learning is the biology behind or uh, the pathophysiology behind uh, new, uh, nerve uh, injury in the spinal cord or any other parts of the brain. And uh, how this nerve regeneration uh, is impaired, uh, what's, what are the factors that uh, inhibit that nerve regeneration and what are the factors that can promote nerve regeneration. So these are the signs that I, I, I learned uh, from this study and also uh, how to design this study, how to conduct this study, where, uh, where the study needs to be modified to get proper, uh, uh, the correct result. So all the, the better study design. So I, I mainly learned these two, two, two things from this, uh, from this project. And also what surprised me uh, while doing this project is uh, with animal studies, before, I didn't have a lot of experience with the animal research, but when I started doing this research, uh, I had an idea like uh, when I do surgery, the same with the same kind of parameters, with the same kind of setup, if I injure uh, the spinal cord, all the animals will have the same kind of effect. But that's not true. Some of the animals will behave differently while others behave differently, like in human beings. The same, uh, all the physiology is not same for uh, everybody. So that's also true for the animals. And also when, while doing the behavior study, so all, most of the animals, they don't behave the same way. So there are several surprising factors while working with the animals. Dr. Shi? Yeah, so I totally agree with uh, what Krishna has been saying. So previously he has been working with cells. Uh, usually the cells behave a lot uh, more consistent uh, with each other. But for the animal studies, a lot of uh, factors are in place. So, uh, you know, even though our animals are uh, pretty pure in terms of genetically uh, variation, uh, you know, it's minimized. So pretty much all the animals are supposed to be the same kind of a genome. Uh, but on the other hand, they do still behave slightly differently because of some uh, various, uh, you know, um, various treat. And sometimes, uh, you know, even though you are trying to minimize all the factors, you still cannot uh, identify what might have been making that difference. So I told Krishna, you know, we are doing, that's why we're doing the experiments. You know, we have the hypothesis, we have, uh, you know, specific ways of uh, producing the injuries, but that does not mean the animals will respond the same way exactly. So, uh, so we would have to kind of uh, tolerate those uh, larger variations, but then we're going to see the trend and whatever the trend we discovered uh, that should guide us uh, to go forward to see, you know, which ones are better compared to others, uh, all in the relative ways. So that's the beauty of doing animal research. Uh, of course, a lot of frustration involved too um, because of the, you know, less of consistency. 
but that's what the real body is responding. And we're trying to utilize uh, uh, some idea of what the potentially human's response would be. So I wouldn't call that uh, a big surprise since I've been in the animal research for the past uh, you know, 20 years. That's a norm uh, for my part. Uh, but for Krishna, maybe slightly different uh, since he has been working with cells. So for us, really, uh, this project has been, um, you know, going very well in terms of how we can find uh, the new materials and build the new scaffold with something mimicking the spinal cord uh, tissue. You know, spinal cord is kind of soft, right? The, the neurons and, and like the brain, it's very uh, gel-like. And then so we are working with engineer to be able to give, give us that type of a, uh, matrix that mimicking the spinal cord's uh, structure and also mimicking the spinal cord's hardness, you know, the uh, uh, rigidity. So all of that are important uh, when we go for in vivo implantation and then try to restore, you know, help to restore the function of the animals. So that's the part that I think um, really uh, fruitful so far. We have a really nice uh, collaboration with the, with the engineers uh, around the state. Fantastic. What comes next with the research, Dr. Shi? Yeah, so uh, now that we kind of uh, get the scaffold uh, pretty much designed, ready, and Krishna tested the in vitro, uh, you know, outside the body, in vitro aspect of this uh, scaffold, that uh, uh, those scaffolds that produce a, a nice supportive role for our stem cells to grow and differentiate. So the next step would be really implant the scaffold together with the stem, stem cells in vivo. So we could see whether the behavior uh, changes can happen and uh, whether the implanted stem cells can really connect with those uh, host cells that uh, are inside the body still and whether the host cells can really flourish after this and then be able to use the stem cell as a bridge to connect the, uh, the body part you know, from the brain to the peripheral, to the whole body. So that's the next step. That's Assistant Professor of Basic Sciences at NYIT's College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University, Dr. Jennifer Shi, and Krishna Sharma, a PhD student in molecular sciences at Arkansas State University. To hear more interviews like this one, you can subscribe to the Created State Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. And take KASU with you wherever you go by listening to the KASU mobile app. That's available at uh, the Apple App Store and also on Google Play. And wherever you listen, please leave us a five-star review. So we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to A-State Connections on KASU. Streaming live at KASU.org.